Good morning, Boker Tov. Very uh, special thank you to our generous sponsors for the Amuna series for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, Lezecher Nishmas, Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbit, Baruch Tzvi Ben Ruvein Nassan. And as always, I invite you, if you want to sponsor a particular Amuna class, please uh, feel free, you are certainly invited to do so. We are continuing in Revolbe's Tzadik Be'amunaso Yechia, that a righteous person, a Tzadik, is uh, only really alive when they're living with Amuna. We, we, each week we review the title. Title alone, Tzvi, Tzadik Be'emunas Yechia. Title alone is so powerful that if we want to really be alive, there are people walking around dead even while they're alive because they think they're the center of the universe, because they live with anxiety and worry, envy and anger, fear and nervousness. And there are people who are truly alive even while they are struggling with death because they have Amuna. They tap into something much bigger than themselves with an awareness that there is something much greater. So we're up to, again, we've been going through Chaim Vital, the great Kabbalist, the uh, student of the Arizal, taught us that we have habits, which are the external manifestation of internal viruses. There are four elements within a person, and they are wind, earth, fire, and water. And when the external manifestation of a poor habit, of a negative attribute, of a uh, corrupt trait, it's because internally there's a virus. We gave the mushroom, we gave the example last time that a person has a rash on their skin. So you can smear it with cream and try to make the rash go away. And then the rash comes up on the other arm. And then the rash comes back on the back. And then the rash is on the face. And you keep chasing like a whack-a-mole with the cream, trying to get the rash to go away. But the truth is, you're only treating the symptom. The reason that there's a manifestation of a rash on the skin is because there's a virus within the body. And until you identify and heal the virus, the rash will keep coming back. And that is what Rav Chaim Vital has been telling us. When you have anger or envy, when you have arrogance, or when you have sadness or depression, when you have all these attributes, not clinically that needs to be treated medically or chemically. We're not talking about when it rises to the level of clinical. I always give this disclaimer and I want to say it again, that a person who rises to the level of clinical needs to seek therapy and help, needs to have support, either medicine, therapy, or both, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we're talking about just the regular Jewish neuroses, not the level of clinical. And for those attributes, rather than break the habit, and as the Kutzker said, we're left with two bad habits, we want to not just put the cream on the rash and say, I'm going to try to be more humble, or I'm going to try to be less jealous, because then all we're doing is putting a cream on the rash. We want to figure out the internal virus, and the internal virus, the common theme of all of these manifestations is a lack of amuna person who walks around and they forget, they think that they're all that, they think that they're in charge, they think they're in control, they think the universe responds to what they want and how they drew it up, instead of realizing with Amuna that there's someone and something such much greater than ourselves. So we're up to Yisoda Afar, page Pei Dalad. Yisoda Afar, this is the notion of the earth within us. Yisoda Aravim, Yisoda Anefesh, the fourth element within a person is Yisoda Afar, Shorish Midos Ha'atzlos Va'atzlos Va'yeish. So if fire was represented by anger and arrogance. And ruach, wind, is represented by challenges or corruption, viruses in the speech. And we went through each of the other three. Then earth, when there's a problem with the element of earth within us, whatever that means, we'll see in a moment, it manifests itself in laziness, sadness, and despair. Laziness. Laziness, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Eventually, I'll get to it. Leth moving lethargically, going slowly, trying to get something activate within yourself. You know what you have to do. You know when it needs to be done. Just do it. And yet, there's an element of, of resistance. There's something that holds us back. Procrastinate. Even worse, by the way, 
the way Chazal say that sometimes we have the the mental gymnastics that we take something which is negative, and not only do we not see it as negative, we turn it into a mitzvah. So I am a great procrastinator, but I've convinced myself that I can only write a good drasha when it's last minute. You know, convince myself I can only have creativity when it's under fire. If it's far in advance or planned out or scheduled, ah, eh, I can't get it done. It won't be as good. And by the way, there's actually some studies and research that, that shows that and supports that, which is very dangerous for you to ever see. So, but there's this resistance, there's a block. Sometimes we know what we have to do and we know the timeline of when we need to do it. And yet, there it is, we just, we can't get ourselves started. We can't get ourselves going. We can't get ourselves in that direction. So there's a corruption, there's a problem in the afar element within us. Atzva, sadness, sadness. I'm not talking about you're sad because you've lost someone special or you're sad because there's a real challenge you're going through. I'm talking about a sadness, which is just you wake up melancholy. You're just going through life where you just feel this sadness. Something's pulling you down, weighing you down. You know, and even though you try to smile when you see people, you try to seem positive, but inside you in the world that no one else has access to, you feel down and sad. Or yeish, yeish is despair. You've given up. You've given up. I don't mean you walk around in sweatpants all day. I mean, you've given up that yeish that I don't think I can be all that or achieve that. I don't think I can become that person. I have yeish. So now we're going to go through all the revolver. Sadness can come from external reasons. Or sadness can be the result of some internal. Sometimes... A, a imbalance in the element of earth within us can leave us feeling very heavy, very weighty. By the way, that, that's the common theme of all those expressions of it. You're lazy and you procrastinate. You walk around sad and down. You've given up and you don't have the ambition to drive. At the core of all three, those all, they're different circles, but they overlap. They're overlapping circles. And at the core of all three is you feel heavy and weighty. Sometimes you're on top of the world. You've got to bounce to your step, a skip to your step, and you feel weightless, like there's no gravity holding you down, bless you. And you're flying high. You're happy, and you're joyous, and you're driven, and you're ambitious, and you, you just can conquer the world. You're singing, and you're skipping, and you feel you can conquer the world. Nothing can stop you. And you know those days where you bang out your whole checklist and then things that weren't even on your checklist, and you took on the whole world, and you feel the most accomplished, and you celebrate what you got done? And then there are other days where you feel like, you feel like just walking through life, you're carrying a, an extra thousand pounds on your back. And to get yourself started, and to get anywhere, and to put a smile on your face, and to believe things can be different, and to have drive to get anything done, you go to sleep and your checklist has nothing checked off from it. So that can come from external or internal. We already said, A person who lives with emuna is drawn to our Creator. We put our trust in Him. So when you live life and you put your trust in Hashem, when you realize that Hashem has your back, then you can let go and enjoy the ride. You can literally enjoy the ride. So the greater your amuna, the more trust and faith you have in Hashem, the more you recognize and see His providential divine hand in guiding your life, that whatever challenge you're going through or whatever opportunities that there are, you realize that these are for Hashem and they're the way they're meant to be. And everything's going to happen in its right way. So now that gives you a skip to your step. Gives you a skip to your step. 
If you're really worried about someone and something, and someone you know who's in charge or in control of the outcome of the thing you're worried about says, you got nothing to worry about. I got your back. I'm watching it carefully. I'm in charge. Relax. You say, oh, okay. Then you relax. Now you can enjoy life because you have that, that confidence that someone who knows more or is more in control is in charge. Well, that's what the Rebona Shalom says to us all the time. That's the mitzvah of dveikus. We've said this many, many times. The mitzvah of dveikus of clinging and cleaving to Hashem, the Meshach Chochmah says, means, devek means glue. God says, stick with me. If you stick with me, I'm sticking with you and, and everything's good. Now, does that mean everything's good, everything will turn out the way we want, the way we write it up? Definitely not. There are people in this room who have experienced extraordinary pain and loss and suffering and struggle and challenge. It doesn't mean that if you stick with God, He sticks with us in a way that He then designs everything the way we want. What it means is that however it is designed and whatever is meant to be, we have the courage, we have the strength, we have the faith, we have the fortitude, we have the endurance to be able to not only survive, but to even thrive beyond it. Hama'amin, a person who believes, a person who wants to have yeish and says, you know, how many times am I going to start this stinking diet? How many times am I going to try to quit Lashon Hara? How many times am I going to try to finish Shas? How many times am I going to try to concentrate when I daven? How many times am I going to swear that I won't raise my voice to my children? How many times am I going to swear that I won't be lazy? We all have a long list of things that we've restarted over and over and over again. And you know, the more times that we fail, the greater the likelihood that we have a sense of yeish. Like, why bother? Why should I try again? Why am I going to start again just to fall down again? Right? You know, the whole Einstein insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, why would I expect a different result? I'm going to keep doing the same thing. So I'm going to have yeish. I don't see a path forward to be able to succeed. I don't see a way out. I know people who feel this financially. They've tried everything. And it feels like they just don't have mazel. And they're destined to have to need the help of the community. I know people who are single at an advanced age and they say, I've dated, I've looked, I've longed. I've given up. Clearly, I'm not meant to be married. People who've longed for and yearned for all kinds of other things in their lives, professional uh, ambition and uh, health and fitness and wellness and total learning and in, and in righteousness and davening. And they say, I, there's no path forward for me to succeed. This is my mazel. This is my destiny. I'm meant to be ignorant. I'm meant to be distracted. I'm meant to be unsuccessful. I'm meant to be alone. I'm meant to be the ceiling that's holding me back from whatever it is. So one falls into that dark and heavy place when they've given up on belief and faith in Hashem. Because if you have amuna, if you're a mamin, if you live with a sense of amuna, if you realize Hashem is in charge and Hashem is in control, then you realize that the sky's the limit and it's never too late and it's never done and you don't know the opportunity that will be presented to you tomorrow. I didn't... I didn't, I should have, but I didn't prepare illustrations or stories of this. But the internet, the Heilige internet, is filled with endless stories within the from Torah Jewish community, within the general population, non-Jewish world, of people who struggled, struggled, struggled. Boom, they had a breakthrough. Something changed. Something changed. In fact, the Shabbat Shuvah Drasha, which was really made up of two parts. The second part was how we become a professional Jew from an amateur one. Um, but the first half was all about this notion of the resistance that holds us back and how to overcome it. Remember we talked about the, it was all based on a, a book I had read this past summer, the most articulate um, 
expression of the Yetzirah I had ever read, certainly from a secular source. And uh, the book was called The Art of War. Not The Art of War, The War of Art. The Art of War is an ancient uh, guide to how to go to war. This was a play on that, not The Art of War, but The War of Art, The War of Art. And maybe we'll go through some of those Makoros more slowly that we didn't have a chance to do fully in the Shabbat Shuvah So he talked about the notion of the resistance. And in the introduction to that book, He's a, he became a famous author, from which many movies were made from his, his books, and very successful by at least all secular measures today. But in the introduction of the book, he talks about the fact that he was in his 40s, maybe even in his 50s. He was homeless, living in his car. Every manuscript he had written had been rejected. He was nothing. And, and he realized what had held him back was this notion of resistance, what we call the Yitzhahara, but what he called resistance, and how you overcome how you get around, how you run through or run over that notion of the resistance to have that breakthrough in your life. And part of it is faith. Part of it is the belief in something bigger than ourselves. Part of it is that we are not a finished story, that there's still yet more to come, that we have more chapters to write in our own lives. So the way to overcome that sense of yeish, it doesn't matter. I, I tried to run through the wall, boom, the wall knocked me down. I tried again, it knocked me down. I tried again, it knocked me down. So you can walk away and say, forget it. Or you could say, you know what, each time I've loosened the wall a little bit, and one of these times I'm going to run through it. Or maybe, you know what, I've got to stop run, trying to run through the wall. Maybe it's time to run over or around the wall. Maybe I've got to figure out another way. But one thing I shouldn't do is just sit down next to the wall and give up and despair. Because we're meant for greatness. Every one of us has an opportunity to achieve great things, to be something and someone great. If we woke up this morning, God has great faith in us. And our mission and our goal was not to lounge around in our pajamas and get to the end of the day, moving slowly and lethargically and giving up hope on anything. But if we, some days, that's okay to do once in a while. I could use a day like that. Once in a while. But if we woke up this morning, it's because we have a mission and a purpose yet to accomplish and to achieve like Avram Lech Lecha, to go discover who we are and who we're meant to be. To have an image in our mind's eye, to have a mission statement for our lives and then to pursue it to pursue it relentlessly, to pursue it with everything we've got, to make that difference in our family, in our community, in a volunteer opportunity, in Torah, in Chesed, in, in whatever way we want. We have that chance and we have the opportunity to be that best. So if you live life without Amuna, you say, I'm a victim of randomness and chance. This is my genetic predispositions. This is clearly how I was programmed. This is my mazel, right? I, I consult my horoscope and it says, you're going to be X, Y, and Z, that's the limits that are placed on you, too bad. If you don't have amuna, then you give up and you despair because how many times are you going to get beat up and try? But if you live life with amuna, and if you realize, no, there's something bigger and better waiting for me, Hashem is in charge and Hashem is in control, and there's nothing that limits him or holds him back of what he can do. And maybe I've hit that resistance and it's knocked me down over and over, but I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what today brings and the opportunities that it will present and the chances that it will give me and the breakthrough that I can have. How many people broke through at advanced age who tried and tried and tried and it was unsuccessful until they finally got it right? You know the famous Benjamin Franklin quote about the light bulb when he was asked by a reporter after discovering the light bulb? You don't know this? It's a great quote. He was asked, allegedly, by a reporter after he, after he invented the light bulb, he said, you know, you did, you did 2,000 experiments before you finally got the light bulb to work. How does it feel to have failed 2,000 times? And Franklin looked at him and he said, I didn't fail once. I invented the light bulb. It just had 2,000 steps to it. Oh my so it's all a mentality. It's an attitude that we have. 
we could look at the challenges that we faced and say, I failed and I failed and I failed, or we could look at each of those failures as a learning opportunity. Each of those fail- failures were a stepping stone to lift us higher, to learn more, to reach, and to be able to grasp at things. He to orer botikva, because Amuna puts hope within us. If you have no Amuna, then frankly you have no reason to hope. Why should you hope? If you just look at the surface of everything out there and you say, Taka, I have no mazel. And statistically, there's no reason why this should get better now than it's been. So if you want to be able to transcend what the surface shows you, then you got to dig deep and live with an Amuna and realize, no, I'm tapping into something much bigger than myself. You know, the Gemara says, Ein mazal Yisrael. We are not subject to, to astrological signs and constellations and horoscopes. The past is no indicator of the future. You know, they say the past is an indicator of the future. Not for a Yid, not for a Jew. The past is no indicator of the future. I think I shared in a Parsha here recently, but it bears repeating that Hashem tells Avram to go outside and look up at the stars and count them. Because ko yezarecha, this will be what your children are like. Skip forward a few parashios. Avram takes Yitzchak for the Akedah. And he asks Eliezer and Yishmael, Nu, what do you see? And both of them say, what do I see? I see a barren desert. I see wasteland. I see nothing. He says, Yitzchak, what do you see? He says, I see a majestic mountain with like a, a great light on top of it. He says, you guys, you wait here with the donkey, from which the Gemara learns, Am hadom elechamor. You have about as much vision as a donkey. You just, a donkey just sees the surface. What is a donkey? I didn't say this part in the... In the but what does it mean? You stay here with the donkey. What's the Hebrew word for donkey? Chamor, which also means chomer. Chomer means stuff, material, physical stuff. You are similar. Am chamor doesn't. It's not degrading. It's not uh, biased. It's not discriminatory. What it means is am chamor, chomer. You are like a donkey. The donkey just lives on the surface. The donkey is very shallow, superficial. And you too, if all you see in front of you with no vision is a barren desert, then you have about as much vision as a donkey. You are like just a piece of chomer. All you see is the material. The Maharal writes about this very often. Maharal has two languages. He talks about the dichotomy or the relationship between what he calls, in Maharal language, the chomer and the tsura. Chomer means the material substance, and the tsura is the form that it takes. So a table, it's made out of wood, the chomer, the wood is the chomer, that's the material, but the tsura, the form it takes, is a table, is a table. So when you look at that, do you say, I see wood, or I see a table? When you look at a pile of wood, do you only see wood, or are you able to, within the table, within the wood, you say, I see a table? So that's what Avram was telling Yishmael and Eliezer. I asked you what you see, and all you saw was the chomer. You see just, you know, whatever you see, Topographically, is that the right word? Whatever you see, the, the Chomer. He asks Yitzchak, and Yitzchak has some vision. He says, I see light, and I see aura, and I see holiness. He says, good, you guys wait here with the donkey because you're about as much as a donkey. And Vani Vanar, and he and I, Nelcha, we're going to go where? Ad Ko. So you same, same word, Ko. God told Avram, go outside, look up at the stars, because Ko Yezarecha, the word Ko there means thus, just a biblical translation, thus. Thus shall be your children. Your children are going to be like those stars. Then Avram says to Yitzchak, we're going to that ko. And then when it's time to give a bracha, the koan in Parshas Naso, 
How is it introduced? The Kohanim give us a bracha. It's the bracha we give our children. It says, Ko sevarchu es b'nei Yisrael. Ko. Thus, this is how you should bless the Jewish people. That same word ko is used in all three places. What is the word ko? So the Lublina Rav, Rav Meir Shapiro, the founder of the Heilig Dafyomi, so he said the following amazing idea. Hashem says to Avram, go outside, look up, and count the stars. What should any normal, rational person have said back to Hashem? Are you crazy? Have you seen this guy? Now, without the artificial light, if you're looking up at a pure sky, have you seen this guy? There's millions and billions and trillions of stars. It's impossible to count the stars. Can't even get started at counting the stars. Why bother even trying to count the stars? So if you're Avram, you look back at Hashem and you say, thanks, but no thanks. If you need me, I'll still be inside. I'll be indoors. Because I'm not stepping outside to count something that's impossible to count. That's nearly infinite in number. But what did Avram do instead? He went outside and he said, one, two, three, five, ten, a hundred. Because for Avram, there's nothing that's impossible. If God tells you to do it and you feel God has your back, you can make the impossible possible. You could reach for the stars and you can count them. And that's the midah, the quality of Avram that he instilled in each and every one of us. We make a bracha, magain Avraham. We ask Hashem to preserve that optimism, that hope, that drive, that ambition, that faith, that trust. Say, Hashem, preserve that in me, that I never, ever give up hope, that I never, ever dismiss something as impossible. Would we still be here if we didn't have that quality of Avram? The Jewish people faced expulsions, exterminations, exiles. We faced enemies and pogroms. And if we would look simply at the statistics and the data and the likelihood and the chance that we would survive, we would have given up hope long, long, long ago. We're only here because we have the Midah of Avram. Hashem has answered our bracha of Magain Avram. He's preserved that quality of Avram inside us that we go outside and we look up and we make the impossible possible. We take on the impossible <coughs> tasks and we make them possible. So that the United States and scientists around the world said it's absolutely impossible. We have all the money in the world and we have all the brain power in the world and we have failed. So it must be impossible to design a missile system that can project the trajectory and speed of an incoming missile and meet it in the air and make it explode. They gave up. Impossible. Israeli scientists said, no. Ko yezarecha. We, we descend from Avram. Ko yezarecha. You say it's impossible? If you could lend us a few dollars, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. And they did Iron Dome system. And there are countless examples, countless examples of the impossible becoming possible, our very survival as a people. And that's what Avram says, Vani v'anar nelchad ko, I'm taking Yitzchak, we're going to that place of ko. You wait here, you give up hope, you walk away, you, you give in. You believe the impossible is impossible. I'm taking the kid who believes that the impossible is possible. I'm taking the one with vision. I'm taking the one who sees much beyond the surface. And we're going to ko, the ko of ko yezarecha. And when it's time to give a bracha to our children, when it's time for the kohanim to give us a bracha, ko sevarchu is b'nei So the bracha they give up us is, wake up every day with optimism and hope and belief and trust. It can and it will be better that you have capability and capacity inside you that you don't even begin to know, that you don't scratch the surface of knowing what you're capable of. Until our back is against the wall, until we're pressed into a corner, what the Ramban talks all safe of the Nisyonos, the tests that Avram endured, our Avos all endured, 
the, the commentaries say that we are destined to endure. Each of us have 10 tests in our life. And that word test, nisayon, comes to the word nase, which means a flag. You could plant a flag in your life. There are 10 moments in your life that mattered the most where you were tested and they were junctures that your life could have gone one way or another. And through those 10 challenges or tests being pressed against the wall, you discovered something about yourself and who you can be. And you plant a flag and you say, that moment, it was difficult, it was hard, I was tested. But when I came through on the other side, when I came through on the other end, I learned something about myself. I discovered strength and I discovered faith and I discovered courage and I discovered patience and I discovered humility and I discovered satisfaction and I discovered whatever it is that we discovered within us that we otherwise never would have known, never would have known. If we just look at the surface, if we just look at our genetics, if we just look at our predispositions, if we just look at our ancestors in some cases, or our yichus, we'd say, why am I going to bother? But if we embrace the legacy of Avram Avinu, we realize the sky is the limit. So what does this all depend on? Emuna, emuna. If you live a horoscope life, if you live a life of mazel, that you think you are under the constellation that you're born into, then why bother living? Just read your horoscope and then that's it determined. It's already told you what's going to happen. We don't believe in this narishkeit. We don't believe in narishkeit. We don't believe in this ridiculousness. Ain't mazal Yisrael. No horoscope can tell you what's going to be. You write the next chapter of your life. Nothing can dictate. Nothing predetermines. Nothing tells you what has to be. You write that next chapter. I wrote a piece this morning. Um, I posted this morning my article for this week. It's about Yaakov and Esau, but it's about two other twins who were separated at birth. Their parents got divorced. One went with the mother, one went with the father. And the one that went with the father grew up in Germany and became a Nazi. And the one that went with the mother made Aliyah and became a member of the Israeli Navy. And they, and they united later in life, these two brothers. And when they, when they united, when they got together later in life, it turns out, without planning it, they were wearing the exact same thing. They were wearing the same outfit, they had the same glasses, they had so much in common, and for everything about their nature that they had in common, the nurture of their life made them so different they couldn't stand to be around each other. And you read the article. And then I spoke about Yaakov and Esav, of we have a similar nature, but ultimately it's how we nurture ourselves that determines who we become. Esav is Asui. Rashi and Rashbam say that the name Esav comes from the word Asui. He was complete, he was born complete. Not only physically was he born complete, he, he was born having completed puberty, he was born fully mature, he was born looking like an adult, not only on the outside, but on the inside. Esau's attitude in life is, I'm Asui, I'm done as an adolescent, I'm done. And Yaakov is Esav, Yaakov is Yaakov, which comes from the word Ekev, which is a heel. And the Menachem Tzion, Tzion Sachs, Menachem Tzion Sachs says, when you take a step, you start with the heel and then the front of the foot. The heel, then the, so the heel represents the beginning of the first step. Yaakov is, I'm not done, I'm not complete, I'm not a finished product. This is just the first step in my march to destiny from Yaakov to Yisrael. And every one of us have that ability. We're not done, we're not complete, we're not finished. There can be unbelievable breakthrough. I've been quoting a lot this year, Herman Woke, Sukhrono Levracho passed away this year, who wrote some very, very important books, did a lot of outreach in Kiruv, and brought Torah to the masses in a very meaningful way. He wrote and published his last book, I think he was 101 years old. So you think, 100, I'm done. Finally, 100, I'm done, maybe. 100, I can retire. 100, no, if you're 100, you still have another book you have to write. You still have another book you have to produce. And if you're less than 100, then you haven't even gotten started yet. You haven't even begun. The best is yet to come. You have to believe the best is always yet to come. So how do you have faith the best is yet to come? You say, how is my best yet to come? 
there's nothing in my life that, that supports that assertion that my best is yet to come. If history teaches me anything, if the pattern that I've created, if the genetics that I've inherited, my best is not yet to come, it's just downhill from here. So if you don't have Amuna, you think life is downhill from here. But if you tap into Amuna and you realize there's a Hashem and He has a plan and there's nothing that holds Him back, there are no limits, then I have to believe and I have to do my part. It's a partnership, by the way. I can't sit back on the couch and wait for Him to produce my best is yet to come. It's a partnership. I have to take my initiative. I have to get up. But what gives me the courage and what gives me the strength and what propels me to take that initiative? The first step is the belief that it can be better. The first step to change is the belief that you can change. It's a very, very important point. Many people don't bother trying to change because they don't believe they can. I am what I am. They're like Esav. I'm Asui. It's just not who I am. It's just not who I am. Who I am is the lazy. Who I am is the self-centered. Who I am is the person who's jealous. Who I am is the one who gets angry and loses their cool. Who I am is the one who's impatient. Who I am is the one who's materialistic. Who I am is the one who doesn't appreciate davening. Who I am is the one who never volunteers. It's just who I am. It's who I'm stingy. It's just who I am. It's who I am. I'm Esav. I'm Asui. I'm complete. I'm who, it's just who I am. We're not. We're not called B'nai Esav. We're B'nai Yisrael. We are the children of Yaakov. We're the children of Yisrael. We're just the first step in our march towards the destiny of who we're meant to be. But we have to believe that. We have to believe we can change. We have to believe that we can realize our dreams. We have to believe that our best is yet to come. We have to believe that we can live our best lives yet. And if we believe and we take our first step, Hashem will meet us more than halfway. All we need to take is the first step. And then He will, He'll pull us forward. He will shorten the path. He will bring us to our destiny. There's another reason. That's why it's famous Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says, there's a Gemara in Bar-Metzia. The Gemara is the whole discussion. Haschalas Gemara. Young boys who start learning Gemara in yeshivas almost always start from Bar-Metzia. They start with the sugya of what happens if you lose an object? What signs on the object? Are you obligated to return the object? Can you keep do you say losers, you know, finders, keepers, losers, weepers? What's the halachic position on this? The Gemara Bab Metziah, So the language, the, the Gemara's, uh, the Talmud's language is yeish. Yeish means I'm only allowed to keep something if the other party, the one who lost it, had yeish. If you maintain das, if you maintain hope that you're going to recover it, if I keep it, I've stolen it from you because you've preserved your ownership over it. So when I take something that you still own, that's called stealing. So if I find a quarter that has no identifying mark, the assumption can be that you drop the quarter, you probably, you've given up hope. That's a fair assumption to work off of. You lost a pen, and I found, not a Mont Blanc, but a Bic pen. So the assumption is there's no symbol on it, there's nothing signed that makes it identifiable, a mark that it's yours. You gave up hope, I'm allowed to keep it. But what about Yeish Shalomidas? The Gemara has a whole conversation and a whole discussion. Yeish Shalomidas. You gave up hope, but shalomidas. You didn't give up hope consciously, or you didn't make the choice to give up hope. You just subconsciously. Yeish shalomidas. So Rabbi Nachman says, Yeish shalomidas. He's talking now not about lost objects, but Rabbi Nachman says, Yeish. If a Jew ever gives up hope, shalomidas. They're not in their right mind. For a Jew, if you've given up hope, you're not in your right mind. Because if you're in your right mind, you never, ever give up hope. We live with hatikva. We live with hope all the time because Hashem has our back and Hashem is in our corner. 
And if you have access to the greatest expert, to the source of all, to the one who's really in charge and really in control, then you never, ever give up hope. There's another reason that a person who's made mistakes starts to give up. You have a problem. When a person makes a mistake, when a person violates an indiscretion, when a person comes up short or stumbles, so now they used to think that they were great. And now I realize I'm human. I'm not as great as I think I am. I'm not as infallible as I think I am. I'm not as strong as I think I am. It, it's pogeya. It's, it's uh, damaged my own internal sense of my greatness. So what happens when that happens? You say, you know what? I thought I was great. And I thought I was, but I see I'm not. So why bother trying? Why bother even trying? How many times am I going to fail? Each time I try and I think I can and then I fail, I just beat myself up again. I just feel unworthy again. I just feel bad about myself again. I just feel guilty again. So you know what's much easier is to not even try. It's much easier to not try. I give up. I don't even try. I just say that's not me. It's not me to be righteous or kind or giving or good or patient or, or uh, to have a muna. However, if your amuna is chazaka, is strong, if you have amuna, then you can be strong not to be arrogant in the first place, and you can be strong not to give up hope even when you've fallen, because you know you have a support system. You know, the recovery community, some of its brilliance is that it is designed to be a recovery community. It's a community. A person has a sponsor, and they go to meetings, and they're part of a community. And the whole idea of that is that if I were struggling with addiction and I were doing it on my own, so when I stumbled, I'd say, you know, what's the point? How many times am I going to quit X before I give up of realizing that I'm just not destined to quit X? But if I have a community that every time I start to fall, they catch me and they lift me back up and I start my count again, one, day one, I start my count again, day one. I don't want to embarrass him, I won't use his name, but the individual who was on our community panel before Slichos, who shared his incredible story, family he grew up in and the hopes that they had. He was one of the Mitsuyanam, one of the great learners in his yeshiva, but he couldn't ever meet the expectations people had. And his father tragically died very young and he started to numb himself with one drug, which turned to another, 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 until he was homeless. And he told this whole story. And yet now he's been, he'd been clean for a certain amount of time. And he talked about it very, very powerful before Slichos. This past Sunday, he got his one year chip that he'd been clean for one year. And at the home that he lives in, the in, in, uh, treatment place. He invited me to come to a barbecue that evening to celebrate. It was extraordinary. His, his mother and siblings <laughs> from very, from Stark, had flown in and they were there and celebrating with him. And it was really, I was so honored to have been invited and to be in the presence of both he and the others who live in that home was not to be in the presence of people who are weak or failures. To me it was to be in the presence of greatness, of people who are conquering their challenges, their resistance of people who are not giving up, a community of people who say, no matter how many times I hit that wall and I'm knocked down, no matter how many times I try to quit, but I end up getting hooked again, I'm in a community that's gonna catch me and lift me. So maybe, maybe you don't hit your year on your first try. You got to six weeks and you went back to one. You got to six months and you went back to one. Maybe after a year, chas v'shalom, God forbid you go back to one before you can get to 10 years or 20 or the rest of your life. But what it means is to be in a community of people who lift you. So we have a community that's called the Ribbonah Shalom, the Amuna community. We're part of a recovery community too. 
And our recovery community is the Jewish people. Our recovery community is Torah. Our recovery community is Amuna. And it says never give up and don't despair. And you're right. Maybe you, if you are alone, maybe you as you alone are so fallible and so frail and so feeble and so weak that maybe you're right. Maybe you can't do it. But here's the good news. You're not alone. The Ribbono Shalom is with you. And because he's with you, never have yeish. You're never, ever alone. I love to tell the story about the bris. This goes back maybe 15 years ago already. But you know what a bris, tables all start full at the beginning of the bris. And then there's a lot of conflict early in the morning with a bris. Everyone's got to go to work or drive carpool or things to do. So you're at the table and it's full and everybody's eating. And then half the people got up and left. And then you're down to two people. So it was me and one other person. And I said to him, I feel so terrible. I feel very bad leaving you alone, but I, I got to go to work. Because you feel bad leaving that last person just sitting there by themselves. So I said that to this person, and he looked at me, and he said with a full heart, he meant it. This wasn't just lip service. He said, Rabbi, don't worry about it. I'm never alone. I always have the Rebona Shalom with me. So he meant it. Don't worry. You can get up and leave me at this table, because even when visibly there's nobody at the table, I'm never sitting alone. I'm never, ever alone. So whenever you confront whatever is your addiction, your obstacle, your challenge, your appetite, your temptation, your desire, whatever is your kryptonite, and you face it and you say, I have yeish, I can't give up this kryptonite. How many times have I thought I gave it up and here I am back again? The reason not to have yeish is to realize, even though when I look around it looks like there's no one here, I'm never, ever alone. The Rebbe Shalom is always, always with me. The biggest resistance that we have is despair and sadness. They bring us to weakness. If you're weighted down by sadness and despondency, if you're weighted down by a sense of melancholy, if you feel just down in the dumps and then you give up hope, so that's going to make you weak. And for you to overcome whatever challenge you have, you need the opposite of being weak. You need to be strong. You need to jump out of bed. You need to greet the day like a lion. You need to believe that I am a lion. There's nothing that can hold me back. And the sky is the limit for me today. And I'm going to go conquer the world today. So when you say it's hopeless, there's nothing that makes you feel more weak than thinking it's hopeless. When you say, I'm sad. The world is a dark place. There's nothing that's going to make you weaker. But if you say, all I see is light. All I see is opportunity and possibility. All I see is chance. All I see is hope and optimism. Then you're going to be energized to go conquer the world. A person who has faith in Hashem never feels overwhelmed and never gives up hope. Because he knows that Hashem always has mercy on us and he can lift us at any moment. Hashem is the ultimate parachute. Hashem is the ultimate... What's that thing if uh, the fire people tell someone to jump out the window and they catch them in a, in a net? Hashem is the ultimate safety net. From our emuna, we draw the strength to put our hope in Hashem and to believe in Him. So again, if you wait for a moment of, of stress, if you wait for a moment of, of uh, challenge to dig in and to tap into that reservoir, and the reservoir is empty. If you need to take a major withdrawal from your bank account, but your bank account's got 50 cents in it, you got a problem. Just like everyone should have in their personal lives, every institution should have that rainy day fund. You don't know when the AC is going to give out or when the roof's going to give out or when your kid is going to get into a fender bender. Chas v'shalom. So you need a little, if you have a dollar in the bank, you're in trouble when those things happen. Well, Emuna is a bank account. 
And we've got to make deposits over and over and over again so that when there is a challenge and we have to withdraw from the bank account of Amuna, we can make that withdrawal without going into the red. So you got to make the deposits while you have a little extra cash. You can't make the deposit when there's nothing there, but you need it. So that's why in the good moments, in the happy moments, in the calm moments, in the tranquil moments, we make deposits. We're finishing up. Person, the bitachon obligates us to know with all of our heart that everything is in the hands of Hashem. And you have to put your trust in Hashem in every dark moment and every challenging moment. And to know, in truth, that he could save us, he could intervene, he could intercede. It can feel like the last moment when everything is given up hope, when there's no chance, it's never too late for him. And maybe too late for us, it's never ever too late for him. Mitzvah Shem will pick up with this next week.